Welcome to 307 Baseball, the show all about America's game in the Cowboys state. Now, here are your hosts, Elon Allen, Cullen Holt, and Matthew Peterson. Man, I have had wall-to-wall baseball last weekend. Keeping an eye on what's going on here in 307 Baseball and the American Legion teams in Wyoming. I had uh, the start of the NCAA postseason with the regional tournaments. Even had a little bit of softball plus Major League Baseball. Uh, Every screen in my house had some sort of baseball on it, including some very good American Legion games as almost everybody was in action over the weekend as we welcome you back to 307 Baseball. We've got Elon Olaf, Matthew Peterson, uh, and yours truly, Cullen Holt, in the studio. And it's been a fun season thus far as things really just continue to ramp up more and more. We are brought to you by Buckle Up for Life Wyoming. The Wyoming Seatbelt Coalition's mission is to increase seatbelt usage in Wyoming to prevent fatalities and decrease the number and severity of injuries in traffic crashes. We all work together uh, to keep each other safe on the roads as we travel around for baseball and other things. Uh, Matthew, we saw a lot of action over the weekend, a lot of -of out-of-state action, too. Uh, Was there anything that kind of jumped out to you? Jumping out to me? I mean, you got to look at one of the three columns on the scoreboard, right? you got runs, hits, and ease. And... That's a category that I don't think anyone wants to see skyrocket. Sure, if you're playing a team, you'd like to see them shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. But as the weather warms up and that baseball maybe isn't so cold on your hand, we're seeing less errors, right? We're seeing better base running. We're seeing better smart plays, decision-making with the ball, and just that uh, pre-swing checklist of if I'm in right field, if I'm at third base, hey, if I get the ball, what am I doing with it? In the beginning of the year, no matter what team you were watching, you saw a couple little bonehead mistakes, whether it was, hey, let's go to home instead of the play at first, you know, things like that, tagging up and uh, just small details, but we're seeing all that get cleaned up for conference play. And Elon? Well, yeah, look at, I've got my eye on, on some games that happened over the weekend. Uh, number one, Riverton versus Pal. Riverton just started the season. Pal has been on a hot streak, and we, we I personally was very interested to see how those teams matched up. It was a close one. Pal won, but it was only a 2 nothing win uh, for the Pioneers, so Riverton looking like they are going to be a team to watch in the single A. I'm going to stick to the single A for the next one that stood out to me, and I'm going to actually stick with Pal. They lose their first game of the season to the Casper Drillers, 7-6 to six in nine innings. Mortimer with the walk-off game-winning home run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, there were a ton of, ton of good games over the weekend. We had a little bit of conference play in single A, uh, like we were talking about with the Cheyenne Hawks taking two against Torrington and uh, Cody taking two in a doubleheader against Lovell as well. And then in those tournaments, we had some uh, Wyoming teams coming home with hardware, even in some out-of-state tournaments. Uh, Like you said, Casper the Drillers winning that Roy Peck Invitational in Riverton here in the state. Uh, Wheatland winning a tournament in Spearfish by beating Douglas. And a Cheyenne post six to comb the top spot in that tournament, the Veterans Classic in Rapid City, South Dakota. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Douglas right now because they took down the Babe Ruth team. That was one of the three games of the week. That's right. (laughs) So I had a look at that result. 10-2 year final. Russell, three hits and four RBIs. So big shout-out to Douglas for knocking off. I mean, great Bambino. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking at another score here, and I had to kind of blink because it's a football score. The Gillette Rough Riders right. in that game in a, in the out of state tournament in the uh, Veterans Classic at Rapid City beat Miles City, Montana, thirty two to thirteen. Gillette scored twenty three runs in the fifth and sixth combined. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's against the Geneva Convention. By the way, big big shout out to WildPreps.com. Oh for, yeah, for compiling all those scores for us. We do our own legwork as well. Uh, but we couldn't do a lot of this without uh, our good friend David Settle and his team at Wildcraft. So we'll just plug that real quick. All right. Well, we had a chance to talk with uh, Wyoming American Legion baseball chairman Cody Beers. Let's go ahead and throw that on. Welcoming back to 307 Baseball, we have the president, the chairman, whatever you'd like to call him, of the Wyoming American Legion, Mr. Cody Beers. We got him on the phone. Cody, thank you so much for uh, calling into the show. And uh, before we ask you to put on your commissioner hat, I've been looking at some scores, and I got to say the Riverton Raiders, your team uh, that you support, they're they're looking pretty good. Yeah, it's a team that, uh, you know, they're about 11 players deep, and after that, they've uh, don't have a lot of depth but riverton is playing good baseball a uh, bunch of kids that have played together for a long time they've got three really good pitchers uh, i would say you know two of those three pitchers are probably in the top 15 in class a so you know if if as you as it goes in baseball if the pitch and holds up uh, Riverton, they're gonna they're gonna be okay. They're gonna have a good season this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, Cody, it seems like a long way for some of these guys, but for uh, commissioners and, and coaches and other people, the state tournaments are right around the corner. What information would you like to get out about the upcoming state tournaments? Well, I just kind of wanted to point out that uh, we have four state tournaments in Wyoming. We actually have 50 teams playing American Legion baseball this year in Wyoming. Um, you know, thank you to you guys for bringing light to American Legion baseball through the podcast. And, uh, you know, our state tournaments, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not very far away. Uh, um, I was just, just looking at the double-A one. But uh, if we go down here to uh, the C and B state tournaments, uh, they're going to be underway July 15th to the 19th, and that's uh, five weeks away. So our B-State tournament this year is in Gillette, uh, July 15th to the 19th. The C-State tournament is the exact same dates in Rock Springs. Uh, we're going to use a, a straight double elimination bracket in those tournaments, uh, but uh, there'll be eight teams in Gillette, eight teams in Rock Springs, and you know those will be our first two uh, um, state tournaments. Those are our developmental leagues. Um, a few years back, uh, as Babe Ruth baseball uh, continues to go away in Wyoming, to the fact that there's only, you know, two or three teams left playing Babe Ruth, or two or three towns left playing, uh, our Legion teams have had to pick up these developmental leagues, and surprisingly. Um, the baseball has been really good. Uh, this is uh, uh, the third state tournament uh, for C and the fourth state tournament uh, under this current format for B. We've had B state tournaments in the past. And actually for a while we had a B regional that happened over in South Dakota every year. But that's went away and now. So uh, there's nowhere for these players to go past state, but at least they get to play a a postseason event, and that's 
and that's a really good thing when you're developing a player. Uh, you know, everybody wants a chance for glory, and and our developmental leagues are not about that. But at least for this tournament, um, at the end of the season for B, and then the tournament for C, teams can, uh, you know, they can compete for the glory, so to speak, and and start developing that. Uh, you know, as another step in the developmental program, that uh, desire to win and win a championship, and and so our teams support that idea, um, and so we have, uh, you know, build on build on that, and our state program I believe is stronger because we are we are doing this stuff at the end of the season with our B and C state championships, and uh, so that's. Those are about a week before our A and double A. And, uh, you know, again, this year, the C state tournament begins July 15th in Rock Springs and the B state tournament begins the exact same day in Gillette. So, uh, the way we set those tournaments up guys, uh, Gillette and Rock Springs received automatic bids since they're hosting. And so, uh, it makes it competitive in their, quadrant uh each of these teams in b and c have to play a quadrant schedule and so in the southwest for the uh, c state tournament uh there's only one uh one berth available at state and the same up in uh b state we're in the northeast gillette gets an automatic bid and so there's going to be only one spot available up there so it'll be highly competitive in conference play and a lot of those B and C tournaments are playing their conference schedules right now. Hey, Cody, let's talk a little bit with your commission hat on because I got a question I've been dying to ask since last time you were on the podcast. We're seeing a lot of changes in minor league baseball kind of instituted by the major leagues in terms of maybe changing the game up a little bit, uh, spicing things up. So if you were to introduce one of these newer rules or kind of an altering of the game, has there been one that you thought was maybe a little interesting? It would be kind of fun to test out. I brought forward the idea this year of the first all-star games. Yes, yes. And uh, and I got shot down. You know, we've been talking about it for a couple of years. Our former commissioner, Ron East from Rock Springs, brought that idea up, and coaches were quick to shoot it down. Um, I, uh, I kind of modified the idea and brought it to our state meeting in December, and um, my idea was to play that all-star game near the end of a A state tournament and near the end of a double A state tournament that would have taken some kids out of that game if they were still involved in the state tournaments okay you know possible the possible two teams that were playing for a championship none of their kids would have been involved in that uh, you know that all-star game and so what we've got to try to figure out is how can we once our state tournaments are over mm-hmm how can we keep our kids interested in baseball for a couple more weeks? And if we could do that, we could play that all-star game. The, the problem that we have in a, you know, many of our towns is that these are the same kids that are the quarterback and the center and the linebacker on their football teams. So um, we want every kid to play every sport, and I'm a huge advocate of that. I think we get better athletes and we get more college-level athletes if they play multiple sports. So when baseball season's over, 
it's time to play football or run cross country or, or, you know, play golf or whatever the, the young people like to do, but to stay active is the number one goal. And so that's where the roadblock comes in this. Do we play it in the middle of the season? Maybe, maybe we take an all-star break in Legion baseball for a weekend. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Everybody kind of comes to either a Gillette or a Cheyenne or an Evanston or one of the double A stadiums and have a, have a weekend of it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, so that's an idea being talked about and, and we'll continue to refine that. I'm not going to let it go. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it again. And I heard, I had some good input from coaches at the state meeting, um, that maybe we could block out a weekend. And so, um, you know, I'm going to look hard at that and see maybe, maybe we try to block out a weekend like the, like two days or a weekend before the 4th of July. And we play those all-star games that weekend, um, and give, you know, give, uh, our teams, a uh, a weekend off because right now, we're in the mode where if we're not playing every day, then we're doing something wrong because our season's so short. So, um, but that, that would be a fun one, one that we could market to recruiters, you know, to, to small colleges. Uh, we could get some exposure that way. We could live stream those games and, uh, and bring a lot of exposure to Wyoming Legion baseball. Hey, Cody, you mentioned the C and B state tournaments and the details there. Uh, what about the A and double A? Will you, will you quickly mention the details and the dates for those, for those that may yep, be curious our, that aren't a part of those our, leagues? You bet. Our A state tournament um, and our double A state tournament, the uh, A state tournament this year is in Cheyenne, and it begins on July 24th. Our double A state tournament begins on July 26th. And the, uh, the A-State tournament's in Cheyenne. Double-A is in Laramie. Um, so uh, those two tournaments will be running. It'll be interesting because they're only going to, you know, be 45, 50 miles apart. So I'm going to be running back and forth between uh, Cheyenne and Laramie as well as some of my staff so that we can uh, we can man those tournaments. Uh, it's kind of a tough time, and we understand that because – Cheyenne Frontier Days is going on, you know, motel rooms are going to be hard to come by the whole deal. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are prepared to announce it or not, but, you know, I've, I've, I've encouraged, uh, uh your company to, uh, to provide a free, uh, a video stream to all teams, uh, of the state tournament, uh, in Laramie this year and, and to enhance, uh, the the role of american legion baseball to to put it out there more than it's been um and uh you know i think you guys are gonna pick up the ball and run with it and i appreciate that and um so there's a little bit more information but again a state tournament in beginning july 24th in cheyenne double a state tournament uh um, following that start on july 26th uh the double a regional tournament which is uh, the next step on the way to the World Series. Uh, this year it's in Gillette, and we're pretty excited to be hosting it in Wyoming. Um, I am going to be up there as the assistant state, uh, the assistant regional tournament director, and uh, we're going to have a blast in Gillette. And they'll, they'll do a great job hosting that tournament. Gillette gets an automatic buy, and so we'll have two double-A teams from Wyoming in that regional tournament, uh, both uh, 
four or five wins away from going to the um, Legion World Series, wow. which is really cool. Uh, this is the year in our A-State tournament when the state champion uh, goes to a regional in Anchorage, Alaska. And we're excited about that. We we have competed very well. Um, Cody, uh, who's won four state championships over the past 10, 12 years, uh, they've finished second in that regional twice. And uh, I don't know if you guys know a lot about Alaska. I lived there for four baseball. years. It's a, it's a big they deal. Love, they love baseball in Alaska. There's it, it, Midnight baseball leagues up there. They, you know, twenty-four hour baseball tournaments. There's, uh, you know, it's it's good stuff. Uh, and I I can't imagine a team or anybody else that wouldn't want to go and compete against the best mm-hmm. in Anchorage, Alaska. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, it's got to be a blast. It's just hard to envision that another state maybe has worse weather than Wyoming in terms of a late spring and early summer than um, Alaska. And really, that's actually a bit of a myth because, I lived, like I said, I lived in Alaska in four years. August in Anchorage is going to be beautiful. It's not going to be too hot, not too cold. Uh, as you mentioned, sun's going to be up a lot, so that's good. That should be a beautiful tournament weather-wise, uh, just historically how their weather usually is around that time of year. So, yeah. I mean, where else than Wyoming would you be able to show up at the baseball field and maybe have a bull moose standing in on the pitcher's mound? You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good stuff, and, uh, you know, and, and you guys are there following it, and we really appreciate what you guys have been doing on this this podcast. It has taken on a life of its own. I know our coaches are buzzing about it, and, you know, I think you guys are staying in the game just like our kids are, and we really appreciate your efforts. Well, that is Cody Beers, state chairman for American Legion Baseball here in Wyoming. Uh, Mr. Beers, thank you so much for coming on to our show, telling us about the state tournaments, and getting us hyped up for what's going to be a great final few weeks in July. You know, Matthew, talking with uh, with Cody, I'm so excited for that that state tournament. That's going to be such a great event. Oh, it's going to be an absolute blast. But we do have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, um, before I mean, we get there, that's kind of the, you know the tough thing right now is we can almost see it, but really we we really can't because mm-hmm. we, we haven't even started conference for a handful of double A teams and even some single A teams. Yeah. So there's still more than plenty of baseball to be played. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it is one of those things where you know it's it's kind of an underrated. Any type of state tournament is really, as far as I'm concerned, it's kind of like an underrated uh, uh, event to kind of go attend. Like it was a lot of fun going to the uh, basketball state tournament this uh, winter. And, you know, the, these state tournaments are, are really competitive and they're really a lot of fun. And not a lot of people outside of Wyoming know about them. Well, I think what it is to even build on that point a little more, it's baseball tournaments because it's got that mm-hmm. double elimination aspect. Yes. You don't see that in other sports. And I'm not even talking it's all within baseball. It's really just at the high school and the collegiate level. That is the only sport, you know, the only levels that take into account double elimination. Yeah. March Madness is awesome. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I would take March Madness over double elimination. But when you do get some variety and you get a little change like that, I don't know. There's something about the excitement of 
double elimination when you can sit back as a fan and go, we, we didn't even want to win this game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, we didn't care about this one. Double elimination. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of fun, but there are a lot of cool sporting events like you talked about that don't get enough love and appreciation. Yeah, no, and I, man, yeah, I'm thinking about it, and there's a lot of... What do you have in mind? I don't, what am I thinking of right now? Yeah, like which ones are you thinking of that you don't think get enough love or appreciation? All right, so stay with me. I know inside it's 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 little, it's niche, it's the biggest there is. But I, every summer I love the Tour de France. Okay. I love watching that race. I love the strategic uh, strategy behind it. Just kind of the chess match going on on the roads of that country for a whole month too. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but a few years ago, a uh, rider took a picture of his legs after the Tour de France posted on Instagram. And they just were like, the veins were bulging. They were just ridiculous. Uh, the type of uh, stuff that those athletes are 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 able to put themselves through. I think the coolest thing about the Tour de France, and I, I'm not going to pretend to act like I follow it. Mm. I couldn't even tell you when it starts, where it ends. I know it happens in France. Bonjour, yeah. au revoir. <laughs> but I think the coolest thing is the way that they go from a variety of different environments mm. in terms of mountainous, sort of in the Alps. I think they go to the Alps. They do. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To countryside, to some busy streets. And throughout all of that, it's kind of like the golf tournaments where fans are within seven feet of them and it doesn't phase them. You know what I mean? They mm. line up next to the street and they have some escorts, but still these bikes come by whistling yep. and they are, they could high five people if they wanted well, to. In the mountains, I don't know if you've ever watched it. YouTube, like a Tour de France mountain climb. You will stop see you right fans. there. No, I have not watched okay, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You will see fans like crowding around the biker and running alongside them. Uh huh. And right. there's actually, unfortunately, there's been instances where fans have knocked guys off of their bikes. Okay, I didn't know that part. Like that, that part sucks. But yeah, so I, I don't think that event gets gets uh, very much love and gets the credit that it deserves. And I know that there's some controversy behind it because of the Lance Armstrong stuff and and because of of its past with with doping. But I, I still enjoy watching it. Yeah, I was going to ask, how often do you dope when you go on your bike? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, but all right, so then for if I had to pick an underrated sports event. Um, I am going to go with, I don't think this is truly underrated, but I have mm -hmm. a soapbox for this one. Okay. And you've heard me do this before. Okay. Just bantering the office. Yep. I love the NFL draft. Yep. Not, I mean, I love it for a lot of reasons. Of course, it's the big one of if you've got a team in the race, you know, and you want them to get better, you get this great college player. I get all that. But what I really love about it is just the prospect of the idea of sitting on your couch with your family and thinking, Am I going to move to Denver? And then they don't pick me. Okay, who's up next? Am I moving to Miami? Like, we went from the Rockies down to South Beach really quickly. You mm. know what I mean? So you're just constantly on edge. Where am I going to live next? Because that's such a weird thing. That doesn't happen in other professions. If you want to be an accountant, even at the top of your game, there's not a day when you sit down and go, let's see if I'm going to go to L.A. or Buffalo. Mm. And so that, to me, is just so cool to be like, all right, I guess I'm apartment hunting in Houston now. For a moment, I thought I was going to be living in Philadelphia. And mm. I just love that aspect. Plus the idea of there was a group of people whose jobs – solely depend on selecting college players and they like you 
You know what I mean? And their jobs are somewhat dependent on how you do. And they've got that much faith and confidence in you. It, it's kind of, I mean, it, to a much lesser extent, it's really like any job. Like people are the first person to hire you for a career. They're taking a chance on you, right? You're yeah. unproven. You don't have experience. And to much, uh, much higher, I guess, much more... Uh, I don't want to say exaggerated, but I can't think of a better word extent. That's kind of how it is. Like you just went through the most intense job interview. Well, in a normal year with the NFL combine, uh -huh, you go right, through right. an intense job, like a whole week worth of job interviews. Uh -huh. And then, you, yeah, I mean, if I was sitting there, I'd just be, I wouldn't care where I go. I'd just be like, I just want to hear my name. I, I don't care if it's Mr. Irrelevant or, or whatever. I just want to hear my name. Yep. Uh, I, we, we don't want you guys thinking we put duct tape over Cone's mouth. He couldn't be here uh, to help us help us out with this portion of the podcast. So we're going to give you his honorable mentions, his two at the end. But Colin, yep. I'll be calling Elon. What's your next one? All right. My next one is I've got it. I can't decide between two. So it's OK if I throw two in there. Yeah, you can do two. OK, so in Wyoming, it's a big deal. But it, until you moved to Wyoming, did you know what the NFR was? No. No, do, I did not. Do you still kind? Of, do you actually kind of have an idea now that you've lived in Wyoming? Like, I, if someone said, "Do you know what the NFR is?" I would yeah. say it has something to do with rodeo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of events, mm -hmm. but I couldn't tell you what actually so, happens there. I love it because I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a rodeo family. Rodeo, baseball, and, and skiing were the things that my family did. And what a um, trio. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I, I, lo I love the NFR because it's it's ten days. Um, of really tough competition, and in order to win the uh, the world championship at the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, you have to win the most money in the season. And the season starts in January and finishes up in December, so it's a whole year. And the purses at the NFR are so big that you could be 15 in the world, which is just the very last person getting into the NFR. And if you do well enough at the NFR, you can shoot all the way to the top and win the world title. It's just so, it's a magnificent sporting event. And then the other one is, and this is going to play to my skiing one, uh, the USCSA National Championships, which stands for the yeah, alphabet. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? yeah, right. <laughs> the United States Collegiate Ski and Snowboard uh, National Championships. So the United States Collegiate Ski and Snowboard Association National Championships. That sounds like out of the movie Dodgeball. The <laughs> yeah. National Dodgeball Association yeah, yeah. of America. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> um, that event is so cool because it's kind of like a mini Winter Olympics. Okay. It's a week long. It alternates between a Western mountain and an Eastern mountain. And it's got a great Alpine race uh, competition, a great freestyle skiing and snowboard competition they do the cross-country stuff it is so so much fun i've had the pleasure to go and work at that event twice shout out to scott hogg i know you're listening and uh it is that that is an event that that in in all of college sports i think is underrated and, and people need to pay attention to it all right i've got a, a big time sleeper for my last one uh, no, okay i don't think anyone's gonna i was not worried if I, someone's gonna steal this i one. know what it is just because we talked about it and i'm just curious to see what the reaction to the person listening right now is going to be the medieval times dining tournament if you have never been to medieval times let me start a gofundme for you 
and get you to the nearest castle because it is the greatest tournament. We talk about sports here. Here's a sport in Spain from a couple hundred years ago where different knights from regions of Spain come together to battle it out for the queen's heart. It is an excellent dinner show. Medieval Times is the gift to, I mean, Medieval Times and ice cream trucks is this nation's backbone. I will stand That's on that. A, that is a bold statement. That's what you need to keep time moving. You get six different knights from all across Spain coming together and battling it out, competing in different competitions. And personally, if you're a fan of the Green Knight, I mean, there's words I wish I could say here, uh-huh. but I don't want to get in trouble with the boss. But you know what I'm thinking. It is Black and white knight, or red and yellow knight, or even the blue knight. I like the blue knight to the day I die. So, so if I end up, I've never been to medieval times, but if I end up going, yes. How do I mean? How how do people pick? Do they just pick a random knight no. that they like? So or, you arrive at the castle, okay, okay, and one of the wenches, what they call, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> the servants. <laughs> They hand you, they, you get assigned to a, a section where you see, you're seated, and when you get seated, you realize what section you're, they're going to actually, no, no, rewind a little bit. They hand you your crowns, and it's got the colors of what section and what night you're on. And so before you enter the arena, you walk around the gift store area, you can get some drinks, you can go check out the dungeons and the prisons they have, really cool stuff. Or if you're young enough, you can bring your parents, uh, I wish I was still in this age group, and get them to buy you swords and shields, because that's awesome too. And so yeah, you don't get a say in what night you're picked, oh, I guess maybe you could ask, but you get assigned to a night and then you are part of that team and you got everyone else who've been you know there's other people of course sitting in that section with you and you are rooting on your night through competitions and then at the end all six knights just enter in this battle royale until the last night is standing do you get anything if your knight wins that's my last question no okay the pride Okay. You know, okay. Slaying right. the other knights. Okay. Okay. And there's horses. And I'm, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to yeah. have to go check this out. Everyone needs to go check out Medieval Times. And if I, anyone from Medieval Times is listening, we are also a part Medieval Times podcast now, along with San Diego, uh, South Dakota State, and a couple other things we had tied ourselves <laughs> into. Uh, so, yeah. Also, if you are looking for your new director of marketing, my phone lines are open. Yeah, and we'll post that phone number for you later. Yeah. Um, you know, Cullen sent in some some um, some humdingers as well, and of course, is being Cullen, he sent in some very, I would say, uh, very in, uh, intelligent picks. Yeah, no, he's the smart one. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry if you have to listen to us ramble on for a minute. He kind of keeps the sh- the train on the tracks at times. Uh, anyway, his picks were. Um, his six or his picks were international youth hockey, like the junior world championships. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a great pick. I mean, anytime there is an opportunity to root on for Team USA, I instantly love that sport. Like, yeah. I'll go from curling to track and field. I'm like, yeah, I've always loved this. Yeah, so you're looking forward to the Olympics this July then? Yeah, I love the Olympics. And it was that great soccer match between the U.S. and Mexico a couple days ago. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, his other pick was three-on-three 
uh, U, U basketball is that universe? I've never heard of this before. There was like a three on three league, and they kind of come and go. Uh-huh. I remember there were a couple notable former NBA players in it. Okay, um, Joe Johnson, if you guys remember him, if you were mm-hmm. a Hawks fan or a Nets fan, uh, but he was a big headline guy. But it's fun to watch, and it's a little more of I think what the NBA wants to be now. Okay, of a little more offense and less defense. Gotcha, so why not just gotcha. get to the point? Okay, got it. So yeah, those are our picks. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Comments on Facebook, uh, on anywhere that uh, you see this. Give uh, Twitter, Facebook. Give us a comment and uh, let us know what uh, what your favorite underground sporting event is. What is something that you would like to share with the world? Just kind of screaming at the roof- rooftops. Uh, here's your opportunity. Yeah. So what's next on the menu, Elon? So next on the menu is actually, I think, something that you cooked up. Okay, we're going to do some three games. Okay, we'll save that for later. So instead, yeah, I know you're going with this now. Um, We reached out. First off, we noticed that the 406 Flyers from Billings, Montana, and other baseball groups in Montana were constantly playing with our Wyoming uh, team. So we thought it would be fun, a good idea, to reach out to the broadcaster for the Billings, Montana Mustangs, the Pioneer Professional Baseball League, and just chat with him about baseball a little bit and also kind of learn about the uh, the Mustangs and what fun promotion nights they have coming up in case anyone wants to go up to Billings for a game. Well, we do know that there's going to be some uh, Wyoming teams in Missoula in a couple of weeks. So this is a, I think this is a great opportunity for maybe some, some uh, players to get something to do while they're at that tournament. Yeah. And also fun trivia before we throw the interview on Montana is one of two states that not only do not have a professional sports league team within them, but do not border a state that has a professional sports league team. I, I think I know the other one, but we'll give you the other one. The other side of the interview. We now welcome on the voice of the Billings Mustangs, Thomas Zinzarella. Thomas, thank you so much for joining the podcast here on 307 Baseball. And we want to talk baseball with you from our neighbors up north there in Montana. So let's get started right there. How about you tell us about how the Mustangs are doing so far and what your role is? Well, thank, first off, thanks, uh, guys, for having me on. I'm definitely excited uh, to talk a little bit about the Mustangs. So this is our first year um, in the Pioneer League that without affiliation. So as you guys probably obviously know, the Pioneer League was long affiliated with Major League Baseball. Uh, we were specifically with the Cincinnati Reds since 1974 until this year. So it's a little bit of a different process, a lot of different things. You know, before our team itself, um, we would get the players and now it's procure the players. Um, you know, the coaching staff and all that, we had to hire them. Whereas before, you know, um, the Cincinnati Reds would assign that and all those different types of stuff. So a little bit moving parts this year. You know, the team-wise are basically the same in the Pioneer League. Um, so there's still eight teams. Uh, Orem moved from Utah. They moved, they're moving to uh, northern Colorado. It will still be the Owls and the Boise Hawks, who were officially of the Northwest League, the short season eight. We have the Rockies. Uh, they're now with us as well. They used to be in the Pioneer League way back um, in the 60s. So we're just starting the season a little bit earlier than usual. Usually the Pioneer League season starts um, – in kind of the middle to end of June after the MLB draft. And this year, the draft isn't until July. So that's also really different as well. Um, you know, so we're about, there were 15 games in. We're playing 96 games this year, uh, which is pretty exciting to, to get more baseball games. And for me, it's my first year 
in Billings, really my, my first year out west. Uh, I'm from the Northeast and the East Coast area. So for me, getting acclimated to the league and, and to Billings, uh, it's been an absolute blast so far. The, the team's, you know, we're, we're starting to get th- there and put things together. Uh, so bring in some new guys, some guys, uh, you know, they just graduated from college, you had guys that played indie ball, guys that played in the minors. And that's kind of the cool mix of the league so far this year is that you get a lot of different mix of guys you know, you recognize the fans and stuff, recognize some guys who played in the party the last few years. You can get guys that were drafted out of high school, um, you know, and some guys that played four years at some of the Power Five conferences. And it's so again, it's, it's still a very similar mix to, to basically what the Pioneer League was. Um, and, you know, I think right now the offense is definitely there. The pitching um, is just starting to pick up a little bit. You know, there's probably a little bit of dis- disparity right there between the hitting uh, and the pitching. So if you look at some of our scores, uh, you'll see a lot of runs, so if you love runs, definitely the partner league is uh, is your mix to watch. Thomas, you got a lot of baseball ahead of you uh, in terms of the season for the Billings Mustangs. Are any cool promotional nights coming up? I know that's always a fan favorite for minor league baseball, or in this case, uh, semi you know professional independent baseball. Yeah, we're still working on uh, just our promotional schedule right now. Some teams kind of have it released, and, and just for us, just because. Um, with the whole COVID and everything like that kind of threw us a curveball and, and being not affiliated, there's, as I said before, different responsibilities that your team had to pick up. And so we usually we, pick, we put it out, you know, in, in the winter time, and we still have uh, – we're still working on some dates and stuff like that. I know um, one of the things we're doing is kind of like, you know, dog and the ballpark type of days and stuff like that. Uh, definitely I would definitely stay tuned to – the social media channels of the Mustangs, and you'll probably see some stuff pop up there promoting. We're still trying to finalize that schedule. I know people are definitely antsy to get that to them. They want the bobbleheads and stuff like that. So we're going to try to put some fun together for the for the fans and stuff like that. Um, and definitely one thing I know gets a big draw is you know, obviously on, on the weekends and Sundays, Sunday afternoon baseball, and, um, you know, the kids after the game can run to the bases. And for me growing up a baseball fan, I always loved doing that. And, Great to see the Mustangs do that here as well, um, being able to just run on a field that is a minor league ballpark and a nice one as well. So that's one thing right now that's definitely going steady every single um, weekend to to many uh, to many fans that they still love to, to see and do. Thomas off here. So our show is, is kind of geared toward uh, covering and talking about American Legion baseball in Wyoming. But the question I've got for you is you mentioned you were a baseball fan growing up. Um, how cool is it that baseball is a sport that has so many different avenues that even when your playing days are over, you can still find a way to be involved in such a deep level as yourself? Yeah, definitely for sure. You know, I grew up um, my summers on, on Cape Cod and, and watching the Cape Cod baseball league for most of my life. And I was lucky enough to spend a few summers broadcasting out there to see some of the town. And I can tell you, like, the game of baseball being still involved in it, you realize just how really small the not only the sports community is, but really the baseball community. You know, there's guys here all the way in Montana that can be connected to my ties in the Northeast and me growing up playing baseball whether it's someone that I grew up with, a friend of mine who played travel ball with somebody or somebody who played at Vanderbilt or something like that. And I had some friends that played at Vanderbilt or some of those schools and they knew them. It's, it's, it's really crazy. And even when I first came here, I'm looking at the rosters. There's some names that I'm familiar with just from seeing them play in college. Um, and just to, to see those connections, like that's what makes me really, really happy and, and uh, doing that as well. And just seeing those connections and, 
puts a smile on my face knowing like, wow, like, you know, you just realize how connected the baseball world is. And um, to me, not even playing anymore, just still to show up the ballpark every day and work and follow the team and have fun with the guys and stuff like that and just still be a part of the team uh, as, you know, the broadcaster and, and stuff like that is is really uh, it's like a dream come true for me. And it's my first stop in, you know, professional minor league baseball. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what the future holds for me. And, and just being in a place like Billings as well is is phenomenal. I mean, the organization top to down so well run, um, starting with Gary Roller, GM, and uh, you know, all the way through the front office and the coaching staff this year. Uh, Joe Cruzel is our manager. Uh, he first started in 2007. He spent the last 13 years in the Cardinals organization. So when I first met him, I had a family friend that used to pitch um, in the majors, and he spent the last few years with the Cardinals. And so, you know, just having that chat again with, with Cruz on the end of knowing my friend as well. So, you know, it's it's just those connections again. I know I keep saying it, but uh, just to be involved and, and still forging those bonds and stuff, it's what's made it worthwhile. Thomas, we got a lot of towns in Wyoming that are very close to Billings that often play a lot of teams from Billings like Cody, Wyoming and Sheridan and Powell and Gillette. So my question for you is if these players up here in 307 Baseball and American Legion Baseball uh, get the opportunity to go watch the Mustangs play, do you have any recommendations of things that maybe are a little more unique that you've seen grow from the Cape Cod League up to professional baseball that they should really keep an eye on? Like you're saying, kind of like just stuff to watch out for, like stuff um, to watch to improve their own game. Yeah, um, I definitely say it's a lot of the small things. I think the finer, the fine tune, tuning, um, definitely for sure. Like one of my biggest pieces of advice is before I got out here to start my first job was cut my friends who work in minor league baseball and and some family friends as well that are high up. You know, whether it's um, in in Pawtucket or the old or Worcester now, the old AAA team, and, and the AA team in Hartford in, in Connecticut. And one of the pieces of advice is, you know, that I heard was always, you know, try to just open your eyes and ears and just listen, you know, to the coaches and even the players. And just kind of take in how much baseball. Like, if you think you know a lot of baseball, like, wait till you hear some of these guys. And I've listened so closely to a lot of the smaller things and the meetings and stuff like that, that the the coaches want to go with the players. It could be the small things from, you know, from baseball IQ when you're in the outfield and in this situation, it's really, that's a lot of stuff too. I always say, you know, you may not have the best town in the world, um, but if you, if you have the high baseball IQ, I think that can get you places because um, there are people who have talent, but they don't, they don't have the high baseball IQ all the time, you know, whether it's in the outfield in this situation or the infield in this situation, base running, because, you know, one thing that's going to stick is a coach that he can rely on you to be a pinch runner or a defensive replacement or whatever, and that can take you places, and you get your opportunities, and you can shine sometime. But definitely for, like, Allegiant players like that, it's it's that kind of finer tuning of, of those skills, you know, those off-the-field skills and just understanding what to do in certain situations. It's a lot – it sounds easy, you know, um, but until you're actually – you know, you're on the ball field and, you know, you're told, you're told, you're told for – multiple times drill into your head and then when you're actually out there sometimes you know people just freeze up in time whether um you know on the base pass they get picked off because they weren't working for looking for the lefty move that somebody was doing so again that's what i, I always say and recommend and as, as i said before just kind of open up your ears and eyes and, and try to be willing to change you know some people aren't willing to change you know they're told something and 
um, or they you know, blame somebody for doing something, you know, just try to be as open as possible to change. And also I say, try to, try to get those finer tuning of those skills. You know, the baseball IQ, I think is, is something that again, can take you very far, even if you're not the most talented guy on the roster. Thomas, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we let you go, where can our friends in Northern Wyoming uh, listen to you and follow the Mustangs? Well, you can follow us on our website or social media. Our website's billingmustangs.com. Uh, we broadcast every home and road game. We play six days a week, every day but Tuesdays um, on ESPN 910. Um, so you can follow the streaming down there. Or on, if you're in the Billings area, 910 AM, 105.5 FM radio. Um, and now we're trying to get our streaming going on the pblnetwork.com. So every team in the league will have a video stream hopefully soon. I know we're working on ours. So definitely uh, feel free to catch by a game at the park. And if you guys want to come up sometime, we can get you some tickets as well and show you guys around a little bit. So thanks again. That'd be awesome. Thomas, thank you so much. Big thanks to Thomas for hopping on the podcast. So if you guys want to go up to a Montana, uh, if you guys want to go up to Montana and check out a Mustangs games, uh, be sure to do so because minor league baseball, even though they're no longer minor league baseball, but they were very recently, is a ton of fun. Always a lot of great promotional nights and pretty affordable, and you get to see some good baseball too. The one thing that really stood out to me was that, and I think everyone who's played the game can relate, is that when you fall in love with the game you ha- want to find a way to stay in it for life yeah and i think that's why that's what thomas kind of talked about a little bit i mean that's why i'm a broadcaster that's why you're a broadcaster and uh, it, we love the games and, and you want to stay involved with it in a way in, in some type of capacity for the rest of your life all right so now should we get to our three games of yeah, the week and three it. players before we call the show let's hit it all right so ladies first or should i go first <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll do a three games. We'll go, we'll go uh, beauty before age. Though. Yeah, I like it. So here we go. Our popcorn game of the week. It's pretty big. And it is not much of a question either. We've got conference games in double-A baseball. How about two East Powers, Sheridan and Gillette? <laughs> That's going to be a great one. Gillette has kind of not locked itself into that number two spot. Uh, maybe not, though. We've got some movement. We'll get to our poll later, actually. and But that's still going to be a great one because we get the double-A conference season underway now between Sheridan and Gillette. That's Thursday, June 10th, doubleheader, 5 and 7.30 p.m. That's going to be one heck of a popcorn game. Oh, yeah, and you can catch that with our good friend Chris Brentel over at, uh, I think it's thebasinradionetwork.com is where you can find, uh, find those games. All right, next up, we've got our hot dog game of the week. And for the hot dog game of the week, we are going to go with the Casper Oilers coming to Evanston. More conference, this time on the West. They're going to play two on Sunday, uh, noon and 2 p.m. So it, it's not quite the popcorn game because you've got Gillette, you know, and that's such a powerhouse. But Casper is playing really well. They've cracked the top five. Evanston is going to try and reclaim that top team in the West. And it looks like the team to beat is going to be Casper. You know, this, this game is going, to set the, is going to set the pace. This game is really going to set the pace, and it's going to let you know who is probably going to be that favorite. If Casper comes out with two wins out of Evanston, uh, also worthy to note that they're going to be knocking out half of their conference slate in that weekend. They've got Rock Springs the day before. So uh, 
it's gonna it's they're going on a road trip and uh big 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 game at Ross Gesterson Field on Sunday. And to wrap it up, we've got the prime rib sandwich. Ooh, that sounds amazing. And I'm giving it to a cluster of games. Okay. Because it's in Billings, and of course we just kind of talked about Billings yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What's really drawing me to this? It's the Buffalo Wild Wings tournament. Oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> so I saw that. I was like, I can't give it to one, but I can't exclude a Buffalo Wild in a beat ups tournament. So it, Cheyenne Hawks but, are going up there um, along with Lovell. So it's going to be great. It's the Buffalo Wild Wings tournament. Uh, the Hawks will take on Great Falls, Montana, and they'll play the Billings Cardinals. This is all taking place, by the way, on uh, getting started on Friday. And, of course, Lovell will play Billings as well. So that's going to be awesome. But let's get back to the prime rib sandwich. Uh, Elon will give you a shot to guess okay. where it comes from. I will say that. In the past, it's been very difficult to guess mm. the food because it hasn't been very well correlated with the city. This time, it's a little more in the ballpark. Okay, so the prime rib. I'm thinking either one of the Texas stadiums or, K- or Kansas City. Before you guess, I'll say the ingredients are prime rib, okay. caramelized onions, and horseradish sauce. Horseradish. So pretty simple. Yeah, very simple. Comes with waffle fries. Picture looks delicious. Okay. All right, I got it. I'm going Rangers. So close. Houston Astros. Ah! Houston <laughs> Astros. Here's what I find a little interesting. It costs $20, which isn't overly surprising when you take into account, uh-huh. one, it's stadium pricing. Of course, it's going to be a little expensive. Two, you got prime rib going on. But my question is, is $20 more expensive than maybe some tickets at other ballparks? <sighs> I got to envision there are a couple nosebleed tickets for some team struggling that go below 20 bucks. Yeah, you'd think. I wonder... I know for a fact that the team I follow, they at one time, they were giving nosebleeds for five. You mean the team that's lost like 17 straight shush, road games? Shush, <laughs> I'm shush. sorry, I'm sorry. But I would think maybe... I don't know. Seattle's doing well this year. Um, Kansas City? What, the one I'm talking about? No, no, no. Th- oh. You're talking about the Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I'm just trying to think of other teams that could dip below you need that small market mm, yeah kansas city could kansas city could be it. one of those colorado yeah um i mean yeah i mean uh, I, but this was like 2010 uh-huh like this was a long time the ago. cubs I mean, when they were really bad i remember going to games and sitting in the bleachers mm-hmm. and it wasn't 20 dollars, but now they're going for close to 100 it was way south of that yeah. All right, three players. All right, three players. So uh, right now, I've got to give it one to watch. I'm giving it to the entire Laramie team. The entire team. <laughs> because this is a team that, oh, I, I got to say it. This is a team that put up nine unscored runs on post six. That's tough to do. In, in At Powers Field in Cheyenne. That's double tough to do. So Ryan Chamberlain and I mean, of course, we all know the game was was postponed until Wednesday afternoon. And I'm just going to say it. And, you know, we're going to give you a peek behind the curtain. We've got to leave for the Shrine Bowl on Thursday. Uh So we're just going to tell you guys we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. I've got Game Changer and I'm watching this game live right now. It is 11 to nothing Laramie. Ouch. So I mean, I'm saying uh, ouch because. Where do you begin? I, I don't. You know what I mean. And I'm one, looking, here. Okay, sorry, sorry to hijack this, but is it Laramie's really good, or is the story Cheyenne's having a really bad day? I don't know because I'm looking at. I mean, uh, 
well, first off, Cheyenne's only gotten three hits against Ryan Chamberlain. Uh, Chamberlain went six innings on uh, Tuesday night, three hits, one strikeout, two walks, but three hits, no runs. I mean, I don't total bases at this point is Coulter McAnally and with two. So, and I mean, they've only gotten three hits and two of them coming from McAnally. So I, you could, you could say it's a mixture of both the, but Laramie though, they've got 12 hits as a team. Yeah. 11 runs, 12 hits, uh, eight, eight RBIs earned runs are six earned runs. So, I mean, you could say it's a little bit of both. I'm very fascinated to see what this does to our, our poll, which by the way, we will, uh, give that at the very, very, very last of the show, because we did tell you guys that it would close at 9am on Thursday, but we are recording a little bit of this on, um, on Wednesday because we do have a crazy, crazy week ahead of us because you and I are both, uh, helping with the broadcast, the Shrine Bowl. But uh, yeah, I, I think the entire Laramie team deserves your player to watch award because especially Chamberlain, Ryan Chamberlain, six, six innings pitched. He only threw 62 pitches, three hits, no runs against Cheyenne post six. That is that, that is something that that's a great day at the office. Great day at the office. That's a great month at the office. Yes. I mean, a great quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's a very impressive run by Laramie. So, you know what, Rangers. Coach Aaron Lozano, I'm giving the the player to watch to that entire team. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is only game one of a doubleheader that they're going to finish up tonight. But uh, it, it just if you can take a conference game from post six, I think that kind of puts you that that puts you in that same conversation as Cheyenne. Yeah, I, I, there's one thing to beat him. There's one thing to uh, manhandle them. So huge win for Laramie. We're going to call it, I guess, in a way. I mean, I mean we don't want to wow. jinx you guys. Jinx I'm, I'm watching huge, it live on Game Changer. <laughs> huge, huge, fantastic start and uh, middle and maybe even end. Soon. I mean, well, uh, it's 11 nothing, nobody on, and post six is down to their final two outs. Yeah, so we can almost call it a game, but you never almost, know. Almost, yeah. So. Um, well, real quick, we got to talk about our, our hot bat. Yeah, and of course. A, a hot bat, though, is and I'm not being a homer, but whenever a guy has hit five home runs in the season thus far, you got to look at him seriously as, a, as an all-star. As a, he's probably locked in at an all-state uh, selection for this year, and that's Jagger Mitchell. Five home runs, 5'10 average, 941 slugging percentage. With 28 RBI, so a good good start to the season for Jagger Mitchell. Yeah, no, that's impossible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't know Sluggy could. I mean, I knew it could get that high, but yeah, I'd never seen it that high except for maybe one person hitting a home run in their first at bat of the year. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, pitching, I'm going with another team out of the East, and it's going to be Sheridan. Um, right now, their strikeout leader is. Trevor Stowe, we've talked about him before. 3.15 ERA. Uh, he's looking pretty good through 20 innings pitched. Also, you got to mention Dylan Greeno, Greeno Groom, four and two record with the 2.07 ERA. So those are your pitchers to watch. But man, I, I'm still fascinated by this Laramie game. I'm going to be watching this one till the end. And we're back in Thursday morning and final score of that Laramie game. I was talking about 11 to two, the Rangers over post six, but post six gets their revenge in game two, the nightcap seven to one for post six. 
yeah, big bounce back win for Cheyenne. And it kind of shows, hey, you know, take out the grain of salt. It's baseball. A lot of games are going to be won and lost. And sometimes we get caught up in maybe a little bit of overreaction to scores. But I mean, what's the fun of not overreacting? Exactly. Well, we are, we've taken a lot of your time. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of 307 Baseball. We're going to go and wrap it up. First, we had a meet, uh, yeah, trivia question that uh, you asked before we talked with yeah, Thomas. and we completely, completely skipped over it. So uh, let's uh, recap it. Yeah, let's rewind. The question might care. The question was that Montana is one of two states that does not have a professional sports team, nor does it border a state with a professional sports team. So they're really kind of double sports landlocked out. The closest one has to be the Jazz, I would envision. From the you know bottom of the southwest, Montana. Maybe Minneapolis, if you're on that side of the state. I don't know. But the other one is, Elon, you already know the answer, so we're not going to even have you guess. No. Nope. But it's Maine. Maine kind of has a cheat code because they only border one state. Yeah, and then but the you could if you thought Alaska though you no, couldn't no, fault Alaska you for that as well. Out. Yeah, couldn't but, fault you for that as well as they don't even border. They a don't state. border anything. But yeah, Maine yeah. just touches New Hampshire, which has no professional sports teams. They got some minor league baseball, mm-hmm. but yeah, no pro sports teams in Concord. New Hampshire. Well, let's go ahead and get to the moment that I think the coaches, the players have all been waiting for, and that's unveil the results of the latest coaches in media poll. It shut down at 9 o'clock this morning. Let's start with a recap of single A. We had Cody at 1, Powell at 2, Wheatland at 3, Green River at 4, or sorry, Cheyenne at 3, Wheatland, uh, Green River at 4, and Wheatland at 5. So we Wait, got do, some... Do that all over again. You went way too fast yeah, for right. me. So uh, single A last week, Cody 1, Powell 2, Cheyenne 3, Green River 4, Wheatland 5. Cody stays kind of at the top. Powell's right there. And then we had... Well, let's... Uh, let, let, here's the new poll right now. So that was, that was the last week. That's week's. last week. Yeah. So here's the new poll. As of right now, Cody is again number one. Powell holds their spot at number two. Coming in for the first time is the Riverton Wolverines. They take three. Wheatland rises one spot to number four. And the Cheyenne Hawks hang in there, and they will be number five, dropping number two spots. You know, that Cheyenne team, uh, they follow post six around to some tough tournaments out of state. So it'll be interesting to see if they come into form when conference season really gets underway. And uh, let's talk about the double A. Last week, Cheyenne won, Gillette two, Casper three, Laramie four, and Sheridan five. And you know what? Second verse, same as the first. No changes whatsoever. So Cheyenne, unanimous number one. Gillette was pretty much number two. They did get some votes for a little lower. Yeah, Laramie is starting to make some noise in that, that, that number two. Casper will hold at three. Laramie four and Sheridan five. Yeah, it's worth noting Casper at three had one vote uh, for second, and Laramie um, over at four had two votes for second. And, and by the way, it's also worthy to note in the single A, uh, it, it came down to a tiebreaker between Cody and Pal, and uh, Cody edged him out with more first place votes. Yeah, so it's really one and one A. One A, yeah. Between those two. Well, that's going to about do it for this week's episode of 307 Baseball. Uh, Matthew, final shot. Um, Go to Medieval Times the next chance you get. (laughs) All right. On behalf of uh, Matthew Peterson, who you just heard from our friend Cullen Holt, I'm Elon Off saying we'll see you guys next time. Travel safe and enjoy the games.